Hello and welcome to the Broadcast News Wrap, your shorthand guide to the week's TV news stories, brought to you by the Broadcast editorial team and the industry's biggest names. 2020 has no doubt been a year to forget, but this week we welcome three of the UK's most knowledgeable indie bosses to tell us how they have navigated through this annus horribilis. Patrick Productions founder Jimmy Mulville, Brown Bob Productions' Nikki Gottlieb, and Bad Wolf's Julie Gardner are here to talk COVID challenges, Zoom meetings, and looking to the future. All that, plus what these indie bosses have been watching on this week's Broadcast News Wrap. So I'm delighted to welcome these three indie impresarios to the News Wrap podcast this week, along with my regular impresarios, John Elms and Jesse Whittock. It's been a crazy, crazy year, uh, and we're here to, to kind of dissect what's been going on. So Judy Gardner from, from Bad Wolf, why don't we start with you? Uh, just what has it been like to run a production company in 2020? Well, it's had its own special challenges, I think. Um, you know, it's good and bad because it's, on one hand, you know that you're very lucky because if you work in scripted and you're in development, you can obviously work from home, you can Zoom in your pyjamas, you can, you can keep things running. And then there's the question of two things. It's the question of production. So obviously we've changed how we've worked. We're in production at the moment on a discovery of which is season three. You know, that works well for us because we're in a studio space. So you have certain controls and protocols and cleaning and testing that you can put in, you know, everything that we all now know that is our, our kind of day, daily breath. But it's obviously very difficult when you're out on location. So um, you're worried about the budget, you know, you're worried about the risk, you're worrying about how many times you have to shut down, you know, everything that everyone's familiar with. I think then, you know, in some ways it's streamlined processes because, you know, I'm, I'm in LA, I look after the LA operation, I also exec some shows in the UK. I was flying too much, obviously that's gone. Uh, I've learned how it is possible to do things remotely I think going forward, I don't think I'd want to go back to how I was tearing around the place beforehand. So I think that can only be a good thing. Um, But it's a daily struggle. And I I suspect no one's really having a good time because you're just trying to get through the day and, and, you know, get the work done. But at the same time, we're very fortunate that we are working. So thank God for that. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a slightly sad reality, isn't it? The the idea of no one really having a good time i think we we also sort of feel that in, in many respects like you're just trying your best to to kind of keep things as they were almost nikki how about you what's your year been like uh yeah really interesting i mean just on that note you know a lot of us got into television because we love tv but also you know it's a family and it's something that we always get to go and have so much fun with and you know we've chosen a really fun industry to work in and, 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 it's, and it's sociable and now it's not and that's been a real struggle i mean we we, can, we left the office on the 17th of March and we officially shut it in July. So it's gone. You know, we were in our office for nearly seven years and we just made the decision to just shut it. We're, you know, we're, we're purely factual. We were very lucky that we had just, we lost eight days of filming for um, season 11 and 12 inside the ambulance. So we just went straight into editing at home. But that show is a monster and that workflow is, it's insane and, and, and often made, you know, it's made in the edit. And that is with the executive series, you know, jumping in and out suites and trying to get it with a crazy schedule and suddenly everyone's at home. Um, but we did it and it was quite amazing. But, you know, suddenly everything was elongated and, every, you know, everything was 
change you know it's, it's a pattern that you're used to it and when you're making a show that you've made so many times you know that workload just happened and now suddenly we have to take it back to you know bare bones mm-hmm. and, and work I have to do it and have everyday conversation um it went well our team are amazing we were very lucky that we had people that made the show before I don't know how it would have been if we had had newbies come in and do it but since then we're in production again now we've got four series going all factual we started filming again in September and again, we've got something like, I think, maybe 12 or 14 suites running from home at the moment, um, four shows in production. So again, it's so grateful. Um, development's weird. It's just weird, you know, to be like, how do you banter off each other? How do you have those crazy ideas and have that moment and that cup of tea downstairs that triggers a conversation? That's the stuff we're kind of like, you know, it's all fine and dandy when you're getting returners, but the new stuff is tricky. Um, and Jacqueline and I have been sitting next to each other for seven years, bouncing ideas and running the company together. And now, you know, I've seen her twice since March. I'm actually mm-hmm. leaving tomorrow on a recce, which I'm like, so I'm actually leaving the office and going on, uh, leaving the house and going on recce tomorrow. So that's going to be unbelievably, I'm so, I'm going to wear heels. I'm going to like <laughs> a coat on, I'm going to have a handbag. Um, so all these things are really exciting. Um, but we, you know, we started the company because we, get on so well and we just our ideas come together and, and that's how we work and now I see her at 11 30 every day on zoom um so it's weird but again we're really really grateful we're really we're really happy that we've been able to employ so many freelancers again that was the hardest yeah. march when suddenly we were just killing productions left right and center and a lot of the people we couldn't follow so that was really hard um at least we know that we were employing people and we're keeping them employed so it's you know it's it's not it's not all we're into, but it's it's where we are. So, mm. Mm. yeah. And the the development question is is one that I wanted to to touch upon later, actually. And I think it's something that that we might come back to. J- Jimmy, you you run a company that that uh, is involved in a in a plethora of different genres and has shows that are very established and and shows that are much newer. Um, so how have you found kind of prioritizing programming this year, and and what's your experience been like? Well, I think when um, when the pandemic hit and we all went to lockdown, I, it was a great lesson in humility to me because yeah. in January of this year, I um, I sent an email to everybody. I rather kind of um, it was a kind of lighthearted but slightly snarky email level, you know, with a leavening of wit in it. But there was a kind of a dagger in it too about working from home. And I said, um, I'm going to bring my home. I'm going to bring housework into the office tomorrow, and I'll be doing my ironing and washing in the office to prove that actually it's anomalous to work from home. You work at work, you do your home tough at home, and that's it. You don't work from home, you work in the office. I want to see people in the office working productively, working in teams, exchanging ideas, and creating that fantastic office culture. Because on Fridays, Hattrick can look like the Marie Celeste. <laughs> so um, then lockdown. <laughs> I had to have a conversation with the team saying, okay, I was wrong. <laughs> can work um and clearly I, I can work probably more productively from home in many ways than i do in the office because for example we did a pitch i mean picking up on what on what julie said and i agree with nikki as well is that thing of we're, we all came into this business because we didn't want to get a job you know when i left university i didn't want to get a proper job i wanted to do something like this i didn't even know this existed but this is fine for me uh, it's like play and, and, you know, it's tough, obviously, because you get a lot of your work rejected and stuff like that. But 
not that notwithstanding that it is the fun of being with the people that you really like and you, you find very stimulating and not having them around is difficult but having said that we did a pitch to the us about a month ago uh, and they set the pitches up on a friday night began at 5 30 because as julie just told us it's you know it's horrendously early there and um, so at 5 30 it was la morning time and we did six pitches to diff six different networks by 9 30 and it was incredibly efficient. Having said that, the writer halfway through in one of the gaps said, I never want to hear myself say these words again. <laughs> and I said, I never want to hear you say these words again, because it was like being locked in kind of Groundhog Day for this poor guy. Because normally when I go to L.A., I'll, I'll fly out on the Sunday and come back on the Friday so I can be back for my family at weekends. Is that, you know, I maybe have two or three pitches a day because getting around L.A. is like it's a, it's a car park. So... But having it also concentrated, on the one hand, was incredibly efficient. On the other hand, it wasn't as much fun as mm. you know, hang, hanging out in, in L.A. So I think what it will mean for me going forward is, um, if we're talking about lessons that I've learned, is, of course, nobody will ever work in my office every day of the week again. I think it's a different way of working, and I think I fully get behind that now. Um, and two, I think international travel will plummet, certainly in Hatcher. Mm. I mean, I've always felt slightly guilty about the amount of yeah. travel that I do anyway, because it's it's so, you know, it's, it's not great for the environment. Um, but I still will go to L.A. because there are certain meetings you need to have in the flesh, I think. Uh, and I, I know working in America, people do like to see you in the room and see the whites of your eyes. But we've actually we've been very lucky, like like my other two colleagues who just said, you know, I'm glad I'm not running a restaurant. Um, oh. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I know people in that business and it's just been devastating for, the, for them, their families, you know, their mental health. Um, and uh, we managed to get a couple of projects in just under the wire. Bloodlands, our BBC One thriller, closed on the Friday. And Jeb Mercurio and the DOP and Jimmy Nesbitt all got COVID on the Saturday. Wow. So it was like it was like the Indiana Jones where, you know, he just gets it. <laughs> and um, uh, so... And, and we, we, the BBC rang us up and said, um, it was a call from BBC that made me feel positive, which is so unusual. We think Have I Got News For You is an essential programme. I just thought, I think, well, maybe. I think it's a comedy show at the end of the week. But if you think it's an essential programme, <laughs> we'll keep making it for you. And we had to convince Paul and Ian to do it from their kind of, you know, living rooms. And, uh, and it kind of worked okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as it being in front of an audience. But there was one show, which was the Dominic Cummings show, where he'd, you know, he'd, pissed off to Durham for an eye check and um and Ian Hislop just had a 30 minute rant and was trending on Twitter for the first time in Ian's life he was actually trending on Twitter so good things and you know unforeseen things came out of it which mm. were joyous mm. but I think overall and I think for younger people working in our industry who are you know flat sharing or they have a room in someone's house where they have a bed and a desk you know I, I put mental health when mm -hmm. Boris Johnson said only go to the office if you absolutely need to. I had an all company meeting and said, where would you put mental health on your list of priorities? And if you're not putting it at the top of your list, go and see a psychotherapist. Um, and um, so we've opened the office um, yeah. uh, four days a week now. And we and some teams need to come in because we're prepping a drama, which mm. films in January, Bright TV. Um, and so teams need to be together to do that kind of stuff. Um, but as Julie said, We've overdeveloped this year. That's in the, we've we've got too many ideas now, and we need to stop developing 
and start converting development into programming because you get caught in that lovely catnip of a new idea where you're all in love with a new idea, but then it stays on the board for like four months. <laughs> so it's about how do you convert the development, which that's the only thing that we could have done in the deep lockdown was to keep our minds active by reaching out to writers and other producers for ideas is that now we have a back, a backlog of developments and we need to get that away next year. Yeah. Um, that's really, that's really interesting, Jimmy. And I think the, um, one of the things that we've been noticing at broadcast is how well, uh, indies have responded to the sort of immediate challenges of lockdown. Um, but question for, for all of you guys is when you look at the sort of the next steps, the things that you were looking to do afterwards, uh, let's say in 2021, 2022, how have you been able to sort of respond to those things? Because I know you all had various plans you were working on sort of strategically with your businesses. Um, so how, what, what has been like the extent to which you have focused on that in, in comparison to, you know, getting the next show out the door and just getting through this year. Um, but maybe Jimmy, if you start on that one and then we'll go around. Well, you know, it's about, um, I always thought that the, I said that the acid test will be if the buyer is happy to do this on zoom, then we'll be happy to sell on zoom if they feel comfortable. But by, and that seems to be the case, it, you know, it depends on, you know, on, on the idea and the package, but um, we've, we have to push all of our, uh, we pushed Derry Girls and we pushed a new ITV drama with Vicky McClure and a three-parter about Stephen Lawrence, all into next year. So already, unusually for us, we have about three or four dramas, which are going to be kind of our spine for next year. And other things will fit in around that. So in many ways, we're starting to 2021 in a better place than we would have done had we, and we've managed to get through 2020 un, unharmed, so actually, the, the, the unforeseen benefit is that we now have productions, I'm sure, you know, um, Julie and Nicky will say the same thing, is you've had to push things. And now actually looking forward to, hopefully with the vaccine kicking in and, and us be, beginning to get kind of more unlocked as we go down the year. And um, we'll probably all have a pretty good year next year, I'm hoping. Mm, great. Nikki. I know that you were sort of, you know, you, you were taking your sort of first tentative steps into America and things like that. But what what's... What's 2021 going to look like uh, around Bob? It's interesting. I mean, we've continued. We did a lot of American development through lockdown. It was great. Um, and had a lot of conversations and made a lot of contacts. But obviously, you know, the, the, we have, we're the brand for banking news. So we need to be there. So it's, it's sort of still there, but it's on the back burner. We were also um, ready to open our Leeds office in September. Um, that is still happening. We've, also, we've already got, like, you know, like Jimmy said, we've got a Leeds, a Leeds commission, a regional commission for next year so that's just going to roll out anyway which is fine um and then the rest of it has just been really concentrating on getting our shows out here i mean we're massively in the medical area so you know if you can imagine for us being factual it's it's we can only do what we can do so we we know when we do our forecasts we do sort of like best case worst case middle case, which sure everyone else does we've now just done our forecast in tiers so if we're in tier three what can we make if we're in tier two what can we make and if we're in tier one what we can really make because that's realistic in the factual space because you know can we travel to this part of the country can we have the teams to get you know what's it going to be so um yeah i mean you know like jimmy said next year could be absolutely stellar um if everything gets to pick up um and that you know yeah the vaccine and everyone allowing us in we were due to do a massive uh, few shows in hospitals 
um, and inside the ambulance, you know, and it's all, that's all based around, you know, we, we're having a lot of questions about PPE, you know, masks, how do you shoot with, you know, without seeing masks, how do you make a show where, it, where, it, where it's evergreen, you know, that it doesn't feel like it was made in 2020 or early 21. So that's what we're concentrating on right now. So far, so good. Um, you can't really notice as much. Um, but it, it's difficult, you know, we're doing train shows at the moment. Now you film on a train, you call, you have to remark. No one wants to see that. So it's how do you get around it? So there, there are everyday questions. Um, and I think our, our way of working has definitely changed. Um, Jacqueline and I are having to be so hands-on. Like, whereas before we were able to sort of just sort of oversee, now, you know, everything is us really, really in depth. We've got to keep an eye on things and we've got to be able to make really quick decisions. Um, we can't just, you know, have a conversation, a bit of a chat. It's got to be there. It's got to be now. Um, so we're all consumed with that on a day-to-day basis, which is trying to the balance of doing that and building the company at the same time. It's it's tricky. Um, but, you know, it's happening and, and we're moving forward. And we just, you know, will we get another office? I'm sure we will. A lot of our shows get made in the edit. Um, we're desperate to go back into the, the hotel. Desperate. Um but we'll see, we'll see. But everyone's, you know, everyone's in the same boat. We're all, we're all trying to just do everything. And the commissions are being amazing. Um, the conversations, I feel, I feel really supported by the people we're working with, with the commissioners. They're really having lovely, open, honest conversations. Um, and that's amazing because you're, you're never sure, are you, when you're having conversations with commissioners or, or what the channel is thinking about behind it. But yeah, we feel supported. So that's been lovely. So yeah. Great. Julie? I think I think I'm thinking about two things. So I'm worried about how much overdevelopment is is in now in the scripted space, particularly in in LA, because you know it's a city that thrives on being in work, being seen to be in work. So as soon as you can't be in production, everyone's developing, and I'm kind of looking at a lot. You know, it feels very very busy, and it felt very busy through the summer. And I'm kind of looking at this volume of development thinking, okay, but where's the money? Where are the slots? What, what does this, what's now the equation of how many pieces get developed or how many pieces get picked up? It's not the same, but what is it? So I'm kind of thinking a lot about that. I'm also thinking about what will become the definition of normal commissioning for the broadcasters. Because I do, I do think what Nikki and Jimmy are saying is right. I can see, you know, hopefully lots of second seasons of things coming next year for our company. It's interesting to me about when the new things will come through, because I think the broadcasters are hit with, you know, having to pick up the things that are going slower, having to obviously transmit those things. They're then looking at the things that maybe they've had in development for a longer time. At what point does the really truly new stuff come and how much of it will there be and what will the criteria be? You know, and certainly for, for all the pitching I'm doing in America, it's still what we always know. You need you need big talent, you know, you need something noisy, you need something that's going to burst through. So I think those pieces will always be sorted. But I'm always anxious about the quieter, more difficult pieces and at what point does that come through? And I think, you know for both countries for every country but particularly here the industry is hit really by three things so it's hit by covid there's a proper meaningful engagement in black lives matters and how you bring diversity in into storytelling that's 
that feels different this time. It feels like people are really scrutinizing what they develop, who they develop with, trying to, to do better. And then, of course, you've got the ongoing WGA um, problem with the agencies. So, you know, those agents were already hit with, with the implications of that. So you've got these three things. Then you look at the big mergers that are happening, you know, the seismic shifts in the industry. So I'm not sure where all this leads to. It's like, you know, we're baking a cake here and we're throwing in disparate <laughs> ingredients. And I'm not sure, where, you know, have we forgotten the baking powder that's going to make it rise? I don't know. Or have we overstuffed it with too many things? So no. I think there's a lot of change coming. You don't want to overstuff your cake. You <laughs> definitely don't. I don't know. Definitely not. That, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a different tack and say we get it's a kind of George's marvelous medicine type thing. You throw <laughs> a lot of ingredients in, you get a fantastic concoction, and and throwing that uh, cooking and assembly uh, analogy right forward. I just wanted to touch on. We've obviously discussed a lot of the difficulties that have happened this year, and and I don't think anyone can really underestimate how hard it has been. And for everyone, but also the TV industry. Although Jimmy made a good point that we're, we're luckily in a in a marginally protected industry compared to others. And 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 something that you uh, touched on, Julie, about about the kind of the 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 scrutiny on on development to look at diverse voices. One of the the, the positives that I noticed have come out of 2020. I just want to get your sense of you know of those potentially few and far between positives. What have been the the kind of the, the things that you're taking on and harnessing for the future that you think will hold you in better stead. And we'll start with you, Julie, um, because I think you touched on a very important one of those in terms of diversity. I think I think the diversity question is real. I think it feels different. I've been in LA for 11 years, which which I can hardly believe, but 11 years. So I, I, you know, I haven't been here for the other kind of crisis points, but it's from the people I work with, it feels different. And I think executives are really beginning to look at some of the decisions they make and, and how they view stories and the kind of pitches. So I do think there's meaningful change coming and I, I hope to be part of that and really keep thinking about it. I think beyond that, I think, um, I think I'd come back to how we work because you know, to Jimmy's point, I was traveling too much and, and I was feeling guilty about the environment. But until you have a sharp shock, you don't know how to break it because you're so caught up in, I guess, your self-importance. Oh, I must be there for that meeting. I must be there for that startup production. Oh, they can't do that without me. Well, actually, lesson in humility, they can. And it's absolutely fine. And you can be doing it from Zoom. And I think I needed this crisis to, to kind of realize and, and prioritize how I work. So I think that is, is a positive. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say, really, other than it's maybe we go back to a simpler way of filming. You know, I do agree with Nikki. Some of the conversations with the broadcasters are genuinely good because it's such a crisis. It's, it's almost like you've cut through the conversation more quickly. There's a great honesty about what you need and, and what the baselines are, which is refreshing. Yeah, maybe, maybe going to... Um to Nikki on that point, uh, you know, and, and Jimmy also will, uh, will hopefully touch on it because he touched on it before, you know, the the people taking pictures on Zoom, there has been a levelling of the playing field a little bit in terms of being able to pitch to more people via Zoom and not have 
be able to get through the doors. Is, is that something that you're having franker conversations because we're all in it together type thing? Or is that... Do you want me to take that? I know it's to you first and then I was going to go no, on. Oh, sorry. Later. I mean, we... Uh, is it any different for us? I mean, yeah, going to meetings, but we, you know, we, we, talk, we talk... It's so different in factual as well. You know, factual, you're top lining. Are you interested? Are you interested? Are you interested? Are you interested? You know, we went through a whole stage at the beginning of lockdown. You know, everyone was getting all the COVID commission. Um, and we didn't we didn't go for that. We just were like, let you know, let everybody else have that. We've got our stuff that we want to do. Um, and then we're just we are, we're just we, you know, we top line and then we have a conversation about it, and then we, you know, get some nice takes together and we're able to do everything. I mean, that way of working hasn't really changed for us. You know, it's not it's it's not something that's made a dramatic difference to us. We just we just get on with it. And and it's what's what's different is the control we have over it. So everything was usually you know, under our eyes and now we have to sort of trust a lot of people to do a lot of parts of the job and you don't get to see them. You don't get to, you know, if we've got a development we want to do, we're, we're flat banging them. I mean, we will literally get a yes and the next day we'll be filming with somebody. Hiring people you've never worked with before is just bizarre. You know, like you never even get to meet them. But what's absolutely gorgeous about it is that we, we, we wouldn't do a shoot in Scotland. We'll just hire somebody in Scotland to do it. I'll hire PM in Scotland to do it. I'll hire the editor in Scotland to do it. And it just gets done. And we've had the conversations over Zoom um, and it's done. And that has really changed everything because um, I love the fact we've got our teams now. Our teams are not all London-based. We have made a really concerted effort to hire people, not just from London, because they haven't got to be in the office. Mm. Um, so we've got people working all over the country for us. It makes absolutely no odds. We're spending a little bit more transporting rushes back and forth. But, you know, that's the sort of money, you know, I put that in the budget. I think about it and I'll put it in the budget. Um, Diversity has always been massive to us. We've always really, really, really tried to push um, on screen and off screen. Um, and actually, we're sort of really, really, really advocating for bringing in um, the, the, the youth and being able to train them up. Because the struggle that we're having is, is that we're able to bring in some amazing runners you know, some brilliant runners, but I've always been a real advocate for, um, you know, the, the schemes to pay for driving lessons, for example, um, so that they can learn how to drive, because that is what we need runners nine times out of ten is factual to do. So that's a big thing that I'm trying to, you know, we're trying, we're trying to push forward. Um, and we've really, really tried to be hiring in a much higher, um, you know, to the, the higher level jobs. And a lot of people, they have never had the experience to never do that. So this is something that we're really trying to push for. We're trying to bring in the, the juniors and train and train and train and move them from one production to the other production because we want to keep them in work. We want to do it with all our juniors anyway, but we, we, for us, we just want to train people up. And it's really hard not to do it when you're with them and sit next to you and like for me, go through a cost report or for Jack and show the treatment or, you know, but the teams are amazing and, and that's what we're doing. So that's kind of where our brains are with everything I mean the good stuff is, is that I, I haven't been at home for 20 years and it's been you know I'd sort of get up in the morning and run around like a blue ass fly and commute into London and come back and sort of throw a dinner together and 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 hope to sort of wave at my child as it's happening um and I haven't hated it I think my work is better for it because I'm being able to go really into some fine details because it's on my time and I'm not running around to a meeting here or jumping on a train here. So, you know, you have, I think you have to take the positive. And Jimmy, and Jimmy, apart from obviously doing pitching and ironing at the same time, which is obviously a massive... <laughs> I, I can multitask, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what has been good for you, just to quickly... Well, um, I mean, just echoing what 
what Nikki said is on a personal level, when we went into deep lockdown, actually I, I, caught, I caught COVID on my trip to LA when the meetings were being shut down. I tried to get into Lionsgate and I stopped and said, no, Kevin Beggs will meet you in a cafe over there. And, it, and the meetings got worse and worse. We ended up pitching, yeah. uh, pitching a show to HBO Max, which eventually we sold, but on a telephone, which I had a shit fist about thinking, how can you pitch a, a drama idea on the telephone? Well, apparently you can. So I needed to get <laughs> over myself about that. Um, but on a personal level, you know, when we're in deep lockdown, um, this enforced um, simplicity of my life was incredibly, I find it very moving actually that, you know, the, I'd be in this office, I'd do some work, and then my children were coming from their you know, universities and one got sent, you know, one was uh, off school. So I had my three um, uh, sons, my daughter's in Miami, so she was in lockdown there. But we, then we gathered together well, as the summer's going down for kind of like animals coming around a watering hole looking for food. You know, my wife Karen and I, we'd then sort out the food and we'd have food. We, we started to rewatch The Sopranos. It was something very relaxing about mm-hmm. it. And as the great Zen guru, Bill Murray said, you know, when you're relaxed, you do everything better. Mm. And I wish I could hang on to that because I'm mm. not the most relaxed person in the world. But when I am relaxed and I'm in the zone, I make better decisions. I, make, I can step back and look at my business. I make healthier strategic mm. decisions, not necessarily for, following the pitch or the profits or the, but actually what's good for the environment of the, the community in, in which I work and live. And so we've become much more plugged into our local community in Camden mm. um, with a company called Camden Giving. Because um, I've said, there's no sense hat-trick making profit if some of it doesn't go into our community. Um, and secondly, um, not that I'm you know, going for sainthood, uh, we reached out to a company called AKD Solutions, which uh, is basically a, a, a quite a young company um, and they're run by uh, young black professionals and they're management consultants and they came in to talk to us about race. And so we had sessions, weekly sessions on race and this business. And out of that, we come up with certain initiatives about recruitment because the recruitment, the, 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 the scope has been too narrow in our business. We've known that for many years. Mm. Um, and whilst we can, you know, widen the door, um, for me, it's also being a scouser, uh, you know, coming from Liverpool in the 60s and my mum was a waitress, and my dad worked in a factory the idea of me working in television was just a pipe dream. And it's only because I went to a good university. I had a good mentor. I had someone who believed in me and pushed me into these different things that I found my way into this industry. And um, so where I've invited people at Hattrick, I said, it's good for their career development at Hattrick if they take part in a mentorship scheme in local schools. But we go and talk to 16-year-olds, not postgraduates, because by then yeah. it's late. So we're going into local schools and talking to kids from socioeconomically deprived backgrounds, people who are not, don't feel they have a stake in the system. And we're going to tell them just how easy it is to get a job in television. It's not, it's difficult, but it's possible. And that if any of them want to get a job in television, they should apply their minds to that and mm-hmm. make contact with us and the various individuals. So these lockdown has allowed us to think, why do we run a team company and certainly it's to make television programs for profit. Sure, it's for, to feel valued. I, I go to work because I like to feel valued by the people I work with and they feel valued by me. So it's about respect, it's about status. But then what's your purpose beyond that? I think if you can't give some of that purpose away mm. to the community and to the people that you are showing your programs to, 
then I don't understand what we're doing, really. And as I get older, I think as well, passing on my litany of terrible life choices and mistakes to younger people is good for my mental health. Uh, because I have not got it right a lot of the time. It sounds, sounds like you've been through, uh, you've been through quite the process, Jimmy, that, that in, uh, yeah, in, in only, uh, only positive directions uh, to come. There's evidently lots of change happening with the broadcasters. Uh, and most recently, there's, there's been a lot of talk about digital first approach to commissioning, uh, especially from the BBC and ITV. So I, I was wondering, we've talked a lot about how you guys have adapted uh, running production companies, but how, how, how do you think the broadcasters have adapted? Julie, may, maybe you wanted to start. Um, broadcasters, I don't know how they've changed. I think, you know, I would do the touchy feely stuff rather than talk about any process because I'm not very good on process. I think they are... They, they're just, the conversations are more direct, they're more collaborative, they're more, you know, immediate, they're more urgent, because there is a genuine sense, I find, that we're all in it together, to different degrees, but, you know, it's a shared pain, you have to come out with a shared solution. You know, at the same time, I would say it's not all roses and, and, and honey, you know, in the, U, in the US, Bad Wolf America, we have lost projects out of, you know, we, we lost um, a pilot that was set up, Cars Contingent, that's gone because the commissioning needs have changed, the scheduling needs have changed. It was quite a hard-hitting piece that's come out of the schedule because when would they ever, mm. when would they ever put it on? So, you know, there are casualties. There's another show I was attached to that is, is I think, falling away because that particular broadcaster is is hit with the realities of COVID costs, which, you know, I think we're all thinking are broadly around 20% of a budget. So, you know, it's going to have an impact. What about you, Nikki? Um, and the commissioners, as I've already said, you know, our, our, our teams are lovely. We're finding everything taking longer. That's the thing that's really sort of hitting is the commissions are taking just longer. The processes are taking so much longer. The contracts are signed taking so much longer. Because conversations yeah. aren't happening in an office. Someone's not getting up and walking to somebody's desk and saying, well, did you see this? What do you think of it? Um, so patience is definitely a whole new... I mean, we have to be patient anyway, don't we? I mean, for our in factual, it's usually sort of... Well, I say patient to drama, but for us, it's like a, you know, a year from idea to, to, to commission. For you guys, I know it can be a lot, lot, lot longer. But um, it's, it's now, you know, we're adding six months onto a lot of the stuff that we're doing um but yeah it's it is it is what it is and that that's interesting isn't it because there was so much talk on on the flip side about the kind of democratization of of commissioning and and how people expected maybe decisions to get a bit quicker because you don't you know if you're based up north you don't have to keep coming down to london you can just use uh zoom or whatever but it sounds from what you guys are saying it sounds like that's not really worked out in reality well, there's all these processes it's always you know there is just a process and there is just everybody has to do their job don't they you know like and it's the same pot of money so it's the same mm. conversations but i think people not being in the office together it is it's, we find it difficult to make decisions quickly you know it's like mm. is, is, is this is this conversation uh, a whatsapp message is it a phone call is it an email is it a zoom you know you now got these sort of like four tiers of what's how you manage to communicate with each other Otherwise, we'd be on Zoom for the whole day and, and we'd get no work done, which is mm. also mm. reality. Um, but it's slow, but it's transparent. That's what I would say. Mm. 
Interesting, interesting. Look, it's been it's been fantastic having you guys on. Uh, we we couldn't quite let you go uh, without asking you what you've been watching on TV, uh, which is a regular segment that we like to partake in. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, what have you what have you had on recently? Um, well, don't forget, I, I'm um, both my sons are back from college, so they they tend to hog the uh, hog the screens. Um, when my wife and I can actually get some time, we just started. We started. Um, we just started the Bureau, which we're a bit late mm. to the French French drama. And uh, I've actually got racked up to watch Call My Agent, which everybody in my office keeps saying, "I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it. I've got to watch it." But we, we tried to option it, um, but it, it had already gone. Um, although I think making remaking a brilliant thing is not something I did say to the producer. You want to make something that's already brilliant. I'm not sure that's a good idea, mm. but uh, you're on a hiding to nothing, really. Uh, so we've, we've watched the usual things, you know, recently the Queen's Gambit, uh, which, you know, I think what's really interesting about drama now is that I was talking to Jed about this uh, at HTM is that how now it's the, um, you know, the, 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 what they used to call the miniseries, but the five-parter, maybe the closed-ended six-parter now, how, and they are they are making statements and there's a there's a desire for that kind of novelistic journey which has a closed end rather than the rather atelierated you know let's keep it going let's keep it returning which in the end the show jumps the shark season four season five and so i've enjoyed the queen's gambit and i am going to save up the crown for christmas my wife doesn't want to watch it so i'll have to scurry scurry off to a room and watch the crown because it's just like it's a really good soap opera the most dysfunctional family in the country it's fantastic <laughs> disclaimer we'll put a disclaimer before that one jimmy <laughs> uh, Ju julie how about yourself i'm going to be shameless i'm going to start with a bad wolf show <laughs> how about that it's terrible i've become so american um, so uh this year i exact i hate susie and because of workload and travel Jane Trans and my partner exact industry and I had nothing to do with it. So I hugely enjoyed genuine being a viewer of industry. Um, and then it's all, all the obvious ones, I guess this year I've, I've loved Shit's Creek. Mm. I've been celebrating, you know, it's, it's all it's, it's attention and awards. I loved, I may destroy you. Mm. Uh, couldn't get enough of that. Obviously succession. I can't remember, but you yeah, know, time, time, time is a stop for me. So I don't know if that was last year or this year. <laughs> I don't know what day of the week it is. They're all the same now. So I'd put succession in if it counts. I think it does. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm even worse. So um, I, I'm really bad at watching anything British. Um, <laughs> terrible and factual. Um, so I uh, have a slight obsession with MasterChef Australia. It's a thing. I yeah. just finished season 12. I'm embarrassed. There's 63 episodes a season. But I'm just also, I just love it for what they've done with, you know, with the format. So that's that. Um, Queen's Gambit. I am, I've just finished Queen of the South on Netflix. Um, I have everything on Netflix going. I, I watch pretty much everything. I have my iPad that sits in front of me whilst I'm working with random medical shows on it, like Chicago Med, or I watch Chicago Fire, I watch Chicago PD. So mm -hmm. you can see where my brain is. Um, Anything with Chicago in it? Well, yes, yeah, turns out. Turns out. So, um, yeah, I, I do watch, I watch a disgusting amount of television. Yeah. Um, and my iPad follows me around when I'm cooking, when I'm doing my makeup. I just, I lose myself in it and I love dramas and I make patches. So 
it, it feels like this is a beautiful moment for us to end thank thank you so much the three of you for, for joining us we really appreciate it it's been awesome thank you for listening to the broadcast news wrap i'm senior reporter max goldbart and you've been listening to hattrick productions founder jimmy mulville brown bob productions co-founder nikki gottlieb bad wolf founder julie gardner and my colleagues john elms and jesse Whittock. this podcast was edited by john elms you can check out past episodes of the pod on spotify and itunes or on the website via www.broadcastnow.co.uk